So tonight I want to start a series of lessons about a church that most people think is just another, just another denomination. Because usually if you're just driving along the road, you'll notice it is just, just one more brand of man-made denominations. But it's actually very different. In the United States, it likes to have an image of itself as being friendly and inclusive and all the things that it really isn't. A lot of the denominations, practically all of them in the United States, are businesses. And they're run as businesses with a, a CEO at the top of it. Someone like Franklin Graham, for example, a man who takes $700,000 a year as a pay packet from his charity called the Samaritan Purse. Um, most directors of charities take exactly zero pennies from it. I just point that out because a lot of these people who are famous or rather infamous are the heads of massive businesses and they give people what they want and they change, they get new revelations all the time but not so the Church of Rome. It's not about what the people want, but it's about what they want. You see, the Roman Catholic Church, even though it most certainly is a business, it's also a political power. They have embassies. They have a state, Vatican City. They have their own police force. In fact, my old preacher in Ireland decided to visit Rome at one time and hand out copies of the Bible, King James, of course. And he was right on one side of the Vatican, he was standing over the border, and the Swiss guard came along to arrest him. So do you know what he did? He went this way. And he just started hand, kept handing them out, and there was nothing that they could do about it. But the Church of Rome is a political power, and they're incredibly dangerous. And certainly as Christians, the first thing which we think about is just how deviant are they from the Word of God. First, let us establish what the word actually means. They're often, its followers are often referred to as Catholics. And I'm not out to beat up Roman Catholics of members of my family that are Roman Catholic. Even though I'm from Ireland myself, many people just assume that I was raised Roman Catholic. I wasn't. Believe me, I have the mental scars to prove it. <laughs> but um, we're not out to bash up on people who are Roman Catholic. This is, this is, we're talking about the religious doctrines of this political power, of this denomination. You see, its claims are kind of unique. They claim that their ruler, the Pope, is not just the head of the church on earth, but he is in fact God on earth. They claim that he is Lord and ruler over the entire universe. Many people look at the Pope when he goes to visit a country. For example, last time the Pope visited the United States, he got off his airplane, the Pope aeroplane, and he got on the ground and he kissed the ground and people thought, oh, what a humble man. Oh, what love he's showing towards America. Don't you believe it? When he gets down to kiss the ground, it is not an act of love or humility. It is to claim that land for his goddess the Virgin Mary. All of this is verifiable. Please do check it out. And when we refer to the members as Catholics, we're actually being inaccurate. The word Catholic means universal. We're talking about the Roman Catholic Church. 
which is quite a different thing. You see, the Lord's Church is Catholic. It is universal. It is all over the world. You can have a Catholic taste in food. You might like Japanese food and Mexican food. That would mean you have a Catholic taste in food. But it doesn't mean you're a member of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, it's important to understand those definitions. According to the Roman Catholic Church, every human being is subject to the pontiff of Rome. And let us have a quick look at some of the Bible teachings as compared to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. And during these studies, I will take one subject at a time as we go through it. If you want to ask any questions, please do put your hand up. Um, tonight we're going to be established, we're going to be looking at the Pope of Rome. Of course, this is a, a subject that could go on for many, many hours, so I'm just going to get to the get to the meat of everything. Now, the Bible teaches that there is one head of the church, doesn't it? And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the head of the church, it's quite clear. Roman Catholic Church teaches that the Pope is the head of the church. The Bible teaches we have one mediator, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But Roman Catholicism teaches quite clearly that the Pope, the priests, Mary, and the saints are our mediators. So they're putting themselves between us and God the Father. Nothing authorized in Scripture. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest, and it is through him that we go to the Father. When the Roman Catholic Church teaches that a man is our priest, and it is through this man that we must go to God. Yes. They have their own Bible, but they actually ignore some of it because some of its teachings, even in their own Bible, um, actually backs up what, what we believe too, because they, they can't get away that far if they're trying to. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to change it to suit their own doctrines. But um, they believe in tradition. They believe that whatever the Bible says doesn't come first. What the Pope says comes first. So it's kind of like when you, if you're having a new insurance um, deal for the next year and they change the terms of it. Well, the Bible doesn't change, thankfully. The Holy Bible does not change, but the Roman Catholic Church can change it. And it depends on whatever the Pope says or believes in at the time. And you better believe it or you're in trouble. <laughs> yes, sir? George, their Bible also consists of more books than we have. That is absolutely correct. Now, that's right. The Deuterocanical books or the Apophical books were a series of books produced between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New. Now, sometimes they're included in, in, in an awful lot of Bibles, but if you, if, if you understand it, you'll see that they're actually there in those Bibles as, um, just as a fill-in, just to tell you, this is what happened from the end of the Old to the beginning of the New. But the Roman Catholic Church regards them as divine scripture, as holy scripture. And that helps them back up some of their doctrines, such as praying for the dead, but only only if they do what I call um, theological acrobatics, because even then they really have to jump through a lot of hoops to try and justify it. But they do, they do believe in that. They also, um, as I say, they also just, if it suits them, they'll just throw it, out, throw it out the window. They'll just throw the Bible out the window. And they do not want people reading it. They'll say you're taking it out of context, or they will, they will forbid you from reading it. They do not encourage it. 
because as far as they're concerned, when it comes to Holy Scripture, you do what, what you're told. You're not supposed to read it. You'd be in a lot of trouble. I had a friend of mine in, who worked in the Hibernian Bible Society in Dublin, and they produced Bibles, sent them around the world. And A lady came in one day with a Bible, and she had been a Roman Catholic, and she said, I, I bought this here. I bought this. And I read it, and I wasn't supposed to read it. But when I read it, I realized that the things that they were teaching in the Roman Catholic Church were not the things that I was reading about in the Bible. So she came in to buy a bunch more Bibles for her family to read this, this very dangerous book. When the Roman Catholic Church got control of Ireland, one of the first things they did was actually have book burnings, Bible burnings, to take it out of the hands and the minds of the people. But I think... Exactly. Why would you go to anything except the Bible and the Church of Christ? Was because the, these men tell you that they are representative of God and people were overawed by the way they look. Yes, John. Could you repeat the statement or the Absolutely. question so that people on Zoom know what you're responding to? Absolutely. I was about to do that. John and James was saying that he's, his whole life, all he's ever read is the Bible. Why go to anything else when you're looking for a but, yeah. That's right. Well, what, what he's saying is that he's been a, a dodge and forward man and you know, but why why go to a different book if you're looking for the part for the cards to say why go to the place that's right it's Jesus Christ you go to the Bible but if you've been brainwashed since you were a child that Jesus Christ on earth is the Pope what are you going to do and that's what they teach they teach that the Pope is Christ on earth with his power and his authority people are ter we're, we're terrified of them and they still are in many countries the Bible tells us that we are purified and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that people are purified and cleansed by the Eucharist, their version of the Lord's Supper. Now, the scripture makes it quite clear that when we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, we are partaking of a symbol of the body and a symbol of the blood. Roman Catholicism teaches it's the actual body and the actual blood of Christ that they're consuming. Now, people aren't stupid. They know the taste of wine and the taste of bread. The priest gets up and he has this little bell and he rings the bell and when he rings the bell, a miracle takes place. The little wafer becomes the actual body of Christ and the, and the, the wine becomes the actual blood. And so they worship it. It's true, they worship it. And then he gets up and he rings the bell again, ding, 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 and it's turned back into, into the body and the blood of the Lord. They actually believe this. But that gives the priest tremendous power. 
in their minds at least. The Bible tells us that Jesus intercedes for us. And the Roman Catholic Church teaches that Mary, the priests, and dead saints intercede for us. Now let's understand their definition of a saint is somebody who was a good Catholic and that when they died, people prayed to them and a miracle was performed by them. Of course, these miracles aren't real, but this is one of the things they believe. And they believe that the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross was not sufficient. Once was not enough. Every time they have the Mass, Christ is crucified again in Roman Catholicism. And they teach that he is mad. Oh, Christ is angry at you. So you have to pray to his mother to calm him down. So we won't be so mad at you. They live their lives in terror. Absolute terror of it. I heard one man who was a Roman Catholic and he was talking about, you know, Ireland is very, very divided. And he was saying, you Protestants, you think that, that, the, uh, the, that we're all terrified of the Roman Catholic Church. We're all just so scared. And he said, you're right, we are. <laughs> they were absolutely terrified of them. And their concept of what the Church of Christ is is very different to ours. It's Rome and Rome alone. You may have heard of the ecumenical movement or ecumenism. This is a movement dedicated to what they call church unity. In in, in other words, becoming part of the Roman Catholic Church and accepting the Pope as the head of the church. Basically, after many, many decades of talking with the Protestant denominations, at the end of it, they made a statement. And it was... The Church of Rome is right. Everybody else is wrong. We will have unity when you shut up and do what you're told. It didn't go down too well with a lot of people, as you can imagine. But that's the, the kind of arrogance that you, that you come across. And the Bible tells us that Jesus alone was born of a virgin. But the Roman Catholic Church teaches that Mary was also born of a virgin. That Mary's mother was a virgin and therefore she is without sin. Now you can look in the Holy Bible your entire life. You can even look in those books which are not holy books, the the Deuterocanical, the Apophical books, and you will not find this in it because it doesn't exist. This is one of those doctrines made up by the papacy. And of course, in Roman Catholic minds, it must be true, even if it's not in the Bible, because the Pope who is God on earth says so, or the voice of God on earth says so. That's right. All of that make a lot of money to yeah. support their churches and the, the Vatican and all of that. That's right. Julie hit the nail on the head there. It's a marketing ploy. Because they do sell tons of statues. And I've, I've, seen this, I've seen the stores. And it does help them. I mean, it's a massive money-raking organization. You wouldn't believe what goes in there. And they make sure they get their money. Believe me. They get their tribute. Yes. Well, James makes up a, made a very good point there. They don't just sell them to Roman Catholics, they sell them to people who are ignorant. Now, please be aware, an ordinary cross is just a cross. It's a symbol of Christianity, it's historically correct. But what they're selling, one of the, their versions is called a crucifix, which has a statue on the front of it. And it's supposed to be the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that is idolatry. And they do pray to it. And they do pray to all those statues. They do pray to the saints to help them out. Now Jesus alone lived a sinful life. That's what the scripture tells us. What does Catholicism teach? Mary led a sinless, a sinless life as well. Mary is a goddess in the Roman Catholic Church. She's very high up in it. And they have plenty of statues and worshipping of her. Um, the Bible tells us that Jesus alone is our saviour. But Catholicism teaches that yes, they're saved by Jesus, but also by Mary, the Roman Catholic Church, and their saints. They have to pray, pray through their saints, pray through the... Don't forget to do what the Pope tells you to do. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ alone ascended bodily into heaven. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that Mary also had an ascension. Can you find that in the scripture? It's not there. It's not there. Which is, I have always thought that was an incredible trick that she ascended into heaven because she, her body is actually buried in Italy in two separate places where the Roman Catholic Church also pulls in lots of money. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And if you go to Spain, you can do a tour of all 18 shrines to the 12 apostles. All 18 of the 12 of them are buried there. That's the kind of insanity that's going on. But it's very true. Sorry? In Spain. In Spain. That's where the uh, shrine to Fatima is as well. And pe people go to a shrine of, of Fatima. She's um, a saint that they worship, they pray to, and they believe that she can heal their rills if they go on pilgrimage there. And many people go there. I have a cousin that went there. It didn't work. <laughs> and she, they, they would have to crawl along on their knees. Sure. Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Benny Hinn is one of the biggest fakers of the world. He's just mad. Yes, Jen? That's all it is. James makes a very good point. It's just sideshow. It is sideshow. It's, 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 all, it's all a show. And you would notice, any of you who have ever gone to a Roman Catholic Church service would notice something. There's a lot of ceremony going on. There's a lot of theater going on. Lots of bells and smells and things, little bells being rung and things being said in Latin. And up and down and up and down. Yes, you get a good workout. You definitely do. And don't forget to, you've got to do the crossing and, and everything. All those things were made up and added into their tradition none of it none of it is biblical biblical Christianity is far simpler Roman Catholicism is a political power and it was created to control people you've heard of the Iron Curtain when the Soviet Union took over Eastern Europe after the Second War Winston Churchill said an Iron Curtain has descended across Europe and you may not have heard of the Purple Curtain well, the Purple Curtain describes countries that are behind or under the occupation of the Church of Rome. Make no mistake, they control those countries. They control the people who are running those countries. Because remember, as far as they're concerned, the Pope is God on earth. The Pope is the Emperor. 
I mean, could you imagine if any president of the United States sat down his first thing when he got to office and wrote a letter to the Pope declaring that the Republic of the United States recognizes the Pope as the head of state? Could you imagine that? That happens. It happens in the country I was raised in, in the Republic of Ireland. It has only not happened once in its entire 100-year history. What a surprise. It was a surprise to me when it didn't happen. I'm surprised the guy didn't get shot, to be honest with you. But there you go. Yes, James. Your aunt in Pensacola. Good. <laughs> James is telling me a, a man he you knows said he'd rather go to a hog, a hog, hog coddling, hog calling than go and see the Pope. Well, people go crazy for him when he comes. Oh, they do. I remember myself in 1982, the Pope decided to come to Ireland. And it's surprising how holy people got when the Pope was coming. They still went to the bars, you know, that didn't stop. But he went to a place called the Phoenix Park, which is the biggest outdoor park in the whole of Europe, possibly the world. It's a, a massive park inside the city. The American embassy is there, and the, the Irish president's home is there, the zoo is there. And there's, right now, there's something else, a gigantic thing called the Papal Cross. And it was put up there to commemorate the visit to Ireland of Pope John Paul II. And when he was there, half a million people showed up. Now, in a country of five million people, that's impressive. Half a million showed up. And when, they, when he showed up, do you know what they sung? They sung, he's got the whole world in his hands. But they weren't talking about Christ. They were talking about the Pope. And he was taking it. He was taking the prayers like Elvis Presley. That he was like this. That's exactly, they were. They were supporting the abuse of those boys. And they knew it was happening. And I've known people, I, I, I knew one man that was abused by the priests, and they didn't believe him, because that's the power they had. They would call up, they would call up the government, and they would put pressure on them, because you see, they controlled, they really did control them. They did, they said, told them to jump, and they said, how high? And my friend, he was actually, he was actually taken by his parish priest, I'm not going to say his name, it would be fair, but yes, sir. When you look at the world, as far as the nations are concerned, you see the nation of Italy, the nation of Germany, mm -hmm. Scotland, and all these other places, and you look at them to see what they really are, and then you look at America and see what America is, you see what has caused us to be like we are and what has caused them to be like they are. And they've been like that for hundreds of years. Hundreds yeah, of years. very good point. Uh, yes. America has not been like that. They've had the Christian 
influence from the beginning right up until now to cause it to be like it is. So there's a great difference there. We can study and talk and, you know, and go back and, and, you know, review what they've done. And most all of it is contrary to what the scripture that's right. Mac mate brings up a very good point um, that in Europe, most of it was Roman Catholic, certainly Italy, southern Germany, France, and that's uh, Scotland was until they rebelled. And a lot of them, those people came to America looking for religious freedom. Because you didn't have religious freedom in Europe. You did what the Vatican told you to do, or you died. The, uh, the Inquisition is a very real thing. In 1588, the Spanish sent an armada, it was actually known as the Catholic Armada, sent with the blessing of the papacy to destroy Protestant England. If they had have succeeded in 1588, then the man that founded the colony of Virginia, Sir Walter Raleigh, never would have come. He probably would have been dead. And right now, we wouldn't be here. This would be, maybe, I don't know, New Spain, New Mexico, something like that. <laughs> Where, Oh, no, it's okay. Oh, about Islam. Islam. Yeah. It, it is, Islam is very dangerous, of course. It, it definitely is. And I think we've been so focused on Islam and the Lord's Church, we've forgotten to take our eyes off. We've, we've taken our eyes off the Roman Catholic Church. And if, if Islam is the Soviet Union, the Roman Catholic Church is Nazi Germany, and I make the comparison for good reason. <laughs> they were very close. There's pictures, too, of the treaties they signed with them. And actually, Catholicism had quite a role to play in the creation of Islam, but that's a whole other study. Yes, yes, this is Andy. The big crowd that met the Pope, yeah. That's right. On Judgment Day, there certainly will be. And imagine having to answer that. You were singing, he's got the whole world in his hand, but was it to the Lord? Mm-mm. No, it's to the Pope. That's the way they go on. That's the power of it. But it is, it is very powerful. And I, I just wanted to tell you about my friend who had been abducted and molested by his parish priest on two separate occasions. When he told his father, who brought him to the police, and the police said, you're telling lies. You're telling porky pies, he said, which means you're telling lies. He wouldn't believe him. Well, the priest, well, the, uh, the policeman just happened to be the deacon at the local Roman Catholic Church where that parish priest was. So we decided to go higher, to go to the bishop. He said they went up to the bishop's palace. And oh yeah, they don't have a little preacher's house. They've got a palace, believe me. And he went up into the palace, and the the, the bishop said, you're lying. I don't believe you. Nobody believed him and the priest was moved. And he did it again. And he did it again and again. And it wasn't just him. There was a case about a man called Brendan Smith, Father Brendan Smith. He had abused children in Northern Ireland. And the, the parents of the child went to the police. They reported him. They moved him to the United States. And when it happened over here, they took notice. But it wasn't until it happened over here that they took notice of what was happening. And that kind of abuse wasn't just happening in Ireland, it was and is happening 
all over the world. You see, Roman Catholic priests are forbidden to marry. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that every Roman Catholic priest is a pedophile, but the fact is, it is a breeding ground for people that are like that. That's just a fact of history, it's a fact of law. And they used all of their power, all of their ecclesiastical cloud, not to get justice for the children that were abused. And there are things which I could tell you tonight which would have you weeping, would have me weeping. It's horrendous what they did. Um, They didn't do anything to help him. They just did everything they could to help his abuser. It is truly wicked what happened. In fact, once it was revealed, the Republic of Ireland ceased to be a conservative Catholic country and actually became one of the most liberal countries on the face of the planet. Well, they went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> and guess what? They still hate Christ- Bible-believing Christians. It doesn't matter which side they're on. They're still out to get us, but the Lord is for us. And the Bible teaches us that there is one rock, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So who's the rock in Roman Catholicism? Well, they teach that Peter is the rock, and therefore that the Pope is. The Bible tells us that Christ is our hope of glory. The Roman Catholic Church teaches their people that a wafer a wafer in us. Christ in us is our hope of glory, is what the Bible says. A wafer in us is what the Roman Catholic Church teaches. And so we get to the Pope of Rome at last. Not a very nice man. His history is horrendous. There are some, some books, I, I wish I could get my hands on it, I believe it's more than likely banned, about the horrible lives of the Popes of Rome. But what I can tell you, is that the Pope declares himself to be God on earth and the Pope wears a three-tiered crown. You may have noticed that. He's got a three-tiered crown on his head. Well, the top tier signifies that he is the head of all the departed souls now in heaven. The middle tier signifies that he is the head of all the souls that now reside on earth. And the bottom tier signifies he is the head of all departed souls now in hell. That's what his crown symbolizes. But God's word says in Philippians 2, verses 9 and 11, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus, not of the Pope, not of Peter or anyone else, but of Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So who will you believe? The words of men or the words of God? For there is clearly a contradiction here. The Church of Rome claims that the Pope rules the universe in all of its aspects. But the Bible claims that Jesus Christ rules the universe. So who is this man that over one billion people now look to as their supreme Lord and ruler? Well, the definition of the word Pope is Father, or the Holy Father. Is that how he is referred to? And what does God's word say? It plainly says, 
and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Matthew 23 and verse 9. Now even from their own Bible, the St. Jerome edition of the Catholic Bible, it says, And you must not call anyone here on earth father, because you have only the one father in heaven. Their own Bible contradicts their doctrine, it would seem to us, but it, when we remember, Roman Catholic tradition supersedes what is said in the Bible as far as they're concerned. And you must remember that in ages past, during the Dark Ages, people didn't read, unless they were priests or, or very highly educated. And I will tell you right now, in any study of history, you will know that the Dark Ages were dark because they were made dark. They were made dark. They were made a place of ignorance so the Roman Catholic Church could dominate people. They dominated people with these incredible buildings. They dominated people with these superstitious rituals. They really believed that a priest could call down fire from heaven and incinerate you. Witches also. They did. They believed in witches. They believed in a lot of things. But another title given to the presiding Pope of Rome is Pontifex Maximus. Now this is a title that goes way back into the ancient Roman Empire. Augustus Caesar called himself by this name. There's an inscription on ancient Roman coins depicting Augustus Caesar as Pontimax. And the definition of Pontifex is a sacrificial offering or a bridge. And the definition of Maximus is the highest position possible. Now God's word clearly tells us who has become our sacrifice. Who is our sacrifice offering? Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. You see, according to God's word, It is not the Pope who is the sacrificial offering, but the Lord Jesus Christ. But that doesn't stop the Pope from claiming the title. And is the Pope a bridge? Let the words of Jesus Christ himself answer. He claimed, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John 14, verse 6. He also said, verily, verily, which is the same as saying, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. I am the door of the sheep. John 10, verse 1. And Jesus said, there is no way or bridge to his Father except himself. So what of the Pope's claim that, that he, as Maximus, that he holds the highest position possible to hold? Listen to the word of God written in Ephesians 1 verses 12 and 20 to 23. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him 
that filleth, that filleth all in all. The Pope has claimed the leadership position that God had given to only one, to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Another title bestowed upon the Pope by the Roman Catholic Church is Vicar of Christ. And the definition of Vicar of Christ is delegated to stand in Christ's place. This message came from the 1870 Vatican Council. The Pope, this is what the Roman Catholic Church teaches. It's not what I'm saying they say, it's what they say. The Pope is Christ in office. Christ in jurisdiction and power. We bow down before thy voice, O pious as before the voice of Christ, the God of truth, and cling to thee, we cling to Christ. Those are the actual infallible teachings, infallible according to Catholicism, which means that they're completely right, totally true, which they believe. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he warned us, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. Matthew 24 verses 4 to 5. Surely we can see within the Roman Catholic Church alone. Their leaders are claiming to be Christ. They're claiming to speak on behalf of God. They are twisting scripture. They're denying scripture. They're claiming that they have jurisdiction over heaven, earth and hell. And that whatever the Pope says must be right even if it contradicts scripture. You see, it's a new dispensation as far as they're concerned. And what do I mean by that? Well, a dispensation is like a covenant. You have the old covenant, you have the new covenant, and then you have whatever the Pope says, and whatever is revealed through him, even if it is contrary to God's word. You see, like that lady that came into the Bible Society that day, they don't want people reading the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, you see that they're teaching things that are wrong. They're teaching that Christ didn't die once for the sins of mankind. They're teaching that there's one head of the church and that's the Pope. And they're teaching that unless you're a member of the Roman Catholic Church, you're going to go to hell. Now who are you going to believe? The man that calls himself Christ? Or the Christ that told us to beware of men that call themselves Christ? It's no wonder that whenever they got the chance, they would burn those who would read the Bible. They would burn those who translated the Bible. And even today, the Jesuit order, an organization created primarily to corrupt scripture and lead people back to Rome is still at the game. Make no mistake, the enemy is alive and well. And even though in America, you may look at the bells of St. Mary's or the flying nun, um, no. They're about as innocent to the truth as uh, what was that guy's name Sulch was it Sergeant Sulch on Hogan's Heroes you know your friendly neighbourhood Nazi that's the way you have to look at it the nuns oh boy that's a whole other kettle of fish I think we've ran out of time tonight but their origin um, Juliet asked what about the nuns their origin actually goes back into paganism and to the Vestal Virgins of Venus and Roman Catholicism just swapped out the goddess Venus or Aphrodite for the Virgin Mary. It's the same religion. They've just changed things around just, just a little bit. But there we go. Yeah. Uh, 754? 754. Or, okay. Or so, uh, 
Oh, oh, it's something John's going to do? Oh, okay, John, sorry, I thought it was Mills that was going to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs>